Hey, welcome to episode four of the Green Room Talks. Um, for anyone who didn't tune in to the last episode, I'm going to give the same spiel. So the Green Room is a partnership between She Is The Music and the Jed Foundation. She Is The Music promotes equality, inclusivity, and opportunity for women in music. The Jed Foundation is a nonprofit for mental health, and I have a link in my bio to donate, so please donate anything you feel like you can, as always. Today I will be talking to my friend Kaiza and my dad, Jack Andrews, who is obviously amazing, bias and unbiased. Um, and we will be talking about isolation. So thanks for tuning in. Hi, welcome to the green room. Hey, how are you guys? <laughs> Great. You got nice green trees behind you. I know that was the point. This is the first time I've done it outside in front of the green, which is nice. I should have, I should have done it in front of the green out there in the desert. I'm out way out in the desert right now. How is it? It's lovely. It's just, it's just remote and calm and. Yeah, basically isolating out here. (laughs) Well, for everybody watching, this is Kaiza. This is my dad, Jack Andrews. Um, (laughs) And and yeah, today we're just going to be talking about isolation. Obviously, um, you know, we've all been very isolated this entire year, but I know that Kaiza has, you know, experiences outside of just COVID with isolation. So I know we wanted to talk about that. And my dad also yes. has a lot of experiences with dealing with, with people that have had to be in isolation, you know, in different circumstances outside of COVID as well. So I just, you know, I thought we could all come together and discuss it. Um, as usual, She Is The Music is a wonderful nonprofit that's part of it. And again, again, I always say this, but I'm a female forward person so is Kaiza yeah it was my dad (laughs) (laughs) so I love she is the music being a part of this and you know I mean and so I also recently added music forward to to the nonprofits involved in this and um you know it's it's amazing because they basically work with underdeveloped talent that you know basically helps provide resources for these talents that don't otherwise have it which is awesome and obviously i completely support that so i'm also you know at the end of these episodes going to provide donation links for those nonprofits. so you know anything that you guys want to um donate then please do so and i always you know within a couple of days post on my youtube and that's basically it so yeah i just wanted to start off by um you know i not to like dive right in, but Kaiza, I know, has some experiences, deep experience with isolation. I know, you know, I think it was two years ago now, right? That you- Almost three now. So as of July, I think 17th, no, no, sorry, July 9th. um, Wow. This year will be three years. And, but yeah, I'd say about two years of, of isolating, of being in what I, what was a physical isolation with my body. Um, recovering from a really, really serious traumatic brain injury. So, and, um, about that. So, what I mean, where I mean, I would just be curious about in terms of the isolation with your head injury compared to obviously isolation with COVID. Like, what I know that you drew some similarities in terms of your experiences. Like, is there anything that you can? Yeah. So, I mean, the difference. So, what I experienced was way more intense than than what I'm going through with the pandemic and that's just because it came with a lot of physical pain and it came with so many limitations like I wasn't able to do um, many physical things at all Um, even just thinking my way through through anything in life was really hard because my brain was in a state of um, inflammation all the time so I mean I couldn't 
like being in isolation, I couldn't even do tasks to keep myself busy because it was too much on my head. So I was literally just sitting there doing nothing. <laughs> and that's all I could do for, for a long time, for almost a year even. I mean, I could cut up and do basic things and then I'd have to go back to bed and in a dark room. I could like sound, listening to music was too much, listening to podcasts was too much, watching TV was too much, being on my phone was too much. Like that's crazy. So I just had to sit there. I essentially became really good at meditating because I had to just find as much patience within myself as I could and just right. get through the unknown. It was an unknown period of time and I didn't know if it was going to be like that forever. It was, I just couldn't tell. There was no answers to any questions. And um, I talked to a lot of specialists and rehab people and I mean, all of these symptoms I was experiencing were quite on track with people who have had similar injuries so they, they did give me a lot of hope that this is a phase and it, I, I will come out of it so I just kind of kept my eye on the target moving forward and That's um cool. yeah so did you find like what did you like in terms of like just your career like that you got out of it like I would think listen I think meditation for one is such a massive like manifestation is such a part of like how we you know make things happen in our lives. You know what I mean? So meditation. Oh, absolutely. Positive. So yeah. Like, yeah. Tell me like the negatives, the positives and negatives that you, you know. So, okay. So the negatives are just physical pain, um, loss of time. My whole career was literally derailed. Right. Like, I was touring the entire world. I toured every, almost every continent, except I didn't tour South. Well, I mean, South America is part of this continent. Um, so I toured, but like all of Europe, I was touring North America. I was touring Australia. And then and then I was sort of taking a break to get started on the, new, the next album. And that's when the car crash happened. And then everything stopped. Like I had, had so much momentum going from I remember that. everything that happened with Hideaway. And then it just stopped. And when you, you stop anything for two, three years, I mean, you have to then start from scratch. So I basically had to start all my momentum from scratch. But this time I had to do it with a lot of physical pain that accompanied it. So it was, it was just, I paced myself. I went slower. Um, I didn't, I couldn't dance. So I started with a ukulele tour and, um, I honestly, yeah. And, um, so it changed. It really, I mean, I grew as a musician, but at the same time I gained a level of patience that I never had before, which, um, which helps me now, um, moving forward because you really need that in the, in the industry. You, you don't know like what's going to happen. And, um, oh, sorry. I'm on a live stream. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mean no I'd be curious like and obviously you know you don't have to you know could just share what you want to share but like do you feel like did you have any level of depression that you feel like you weren't like yeah I had, or any so yeah I mean I'll, what I felt was um because it was all infl inflammatory and pressure in my head it felt like somebody was taking a fist and grinding into my skull like this at this pace all day every day so it was like being in a torture chamber chamber and i had to physically just get used to this feeling and it drove me insane for a while like yeah. it was like i was being punched in the face every two seconds from the inside of my head <laughs> and it, it was like it, it was like actual torture because so it, it never different. stopped and so, so it wasn't like so, was, oh yeah go ahead go ahead yeah. So, I mean, it's amazing. Your body is so adaptive. That's what I, I learned as well. Like we all have all these like mental limitations we put on ourselves and we think we have all these limits, but your body will adapt when it has to. And I learned that, like I adapted to this 
high level of pain. And so, <laughs> I mean, coming out of this, I'm coming out a lot tougher. Um, there's not a lot can knock me off anymore, knock me off balance. And um, I'm also coming out of it knowing like why I want to do what I'm doing. Like Hideaway took off so fast that I went like overnight, I was just famous. You know, it was like, I know that's January. I was a nobody by April. I had the number one song in all the UK and then it just went from there. Everybody's freezing. Oh, you guys am, I there? am I freezing? I don't know. What about now? I see you now. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, no. This is all part of, this is all part of uh, Zoom, the Zoom life. Zoom. So yeah, I mean, you were famous overnight. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that's already like such a crazy thing for yeah. For and somebody. I didn't have time to really think what I was like think about what I was doing because I was a songwriter. I mean, you knew me uh, a little bit. I oh, know oh, you did. Yeah, you knew I know. I, yeah, we knew. Yeah, you knew I me in the bathroom that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, oh, that was after Hideaway came out, though, right? No, no, no. Um, it was before. That was before. Right. Okay. So you knew me before. Yeah. I always get the time. <laughs> um. You can hear me, right? Yeah, Sometimes you freeze, so just making sure. Yeah, so, yeah, then I was a songwriter. So you met me as a songwriter. I was writing for other people. And then all of a sudden, I, I became famous, so I became an artist. It was weird because I, had, I was growing and building as a songwriter, and suddenly, right. like, people were getting mad at me because I was <laughs> doing my own career, and all my songwriting sessions were canceled, basically. And then... And, and then I just sort of shot out... It was, like, shot out of a cannon. And... I just went, I just went with the momentum. I just said yes to every interview and people just asked me tons of questions, but I wasn't thinking like, why am I doing this? What, 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 what message am I giving to these fans that came out of nowhere? Like the, the why wasn't really understood. Um, right. When I got in the car crash, I, I instantly woke up and realized everything in my life that's important. Cause I mean, my life flashed before my eyes. That really does happen. And it's, it, it all went in slow motion. It was really, really crazy. Um, and then I came out of it alive and it was like, wow, I, I didn't know how much time, cause there were so many weird things going on with my head. I didn't know if I, I didn't know if it was going to cause my life to be shorter. Like right. I didn't know, you know, what was going to happen. So I was just like, whatever time I have, um, I want to really use it. Wow. That's, I love that. By the way, I think you're yeah. managing on, on the wrong link, by the way. Do you see her? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had to address the elephant in the room. Um, but, uh, no, actually, I love that you mentioned, I, th I love that you mentioned um, that because I, I wanted to ask you, like for anybody watching, like, you know, just in the sense of like, you know, we're not promised any time, you know, and it just like really this time in every, in the world's life, you know, in terms of like people, what people are going through, like, I think is there any advice that you would give anybody watching in terms of like how you dealt with isolation and how it brought, like, I think you've already started to mention it, but I just, in terms of people dealing it with it in their own ways, like, you know, a lot of people want to follow their dreams and, and, and be able to yeah. do this and that, but feel like everything got stalled. So I don't know, obviously given your experiences, what can you. Uh, yeah, I have a lot to say on this. So honestly, I think a lot of people get really impatient. They want things to happen when, they want to be in control of time. That's the first right. thing they want. They want to have all, all this control over their time. And they, they make up this whole plan in their head. Like everything's going to happen like this at this time. And we set goals. Like that's how we, that's how we move forward in life. But at the same time, right. 
we're moving up against sort of an unknown target and we don't know what's coming at us. And so we, we try to hit our goals and sometimes things happen, they knock us off, you know, they derail us. And people really struggle with that, them um, pushing through that resistance in front of them. And um, that's where like the patience comes in because actually the, the beauty of art is actually in the mistakes. Oh and my God, it's totally true. It's totally absolutely true. like the best art I have, like all the best work I have is just full of all the mistakes that I made that day. Right. And also time, like what I think is beautiful about this pandemic is before this pandemic, everyone was just running around like crazy. Like they're surging everywhere, surging here, surging there. Like I got to get stuff done. I got to like get as many likes as I can. I need like, you know, it's just like, ah, energy out, energy out. And so true. aren't, they're not taking in anything. And the only way to actually do anything meaning, meaningful and to actually make a difference in this world is you have to absorb the world. You have to take in information into your system. You have to have this time and space to digest this information, to make sense of it, to understand what this means to you and what you want to do with it. Then you have to turn it into art. But, but it's like, before this pandemic, it's just like information in, information out. And it doesn't have that, that time to digest and, and find meaning. And so I think a lot of art was reflecting that. And I have, I really believe that a after this isolating period, there's going to be a yeah. lot of really incredible songs coming out because people have oh, been I given totally time agree. and space to exactly. think, exactly. you know, to figure out, like, to actually feel themselves. Like it's so easy when you're distracted to just run away from yourself to not face anything that's going on inside and to just distract yourself from your problems. I know it's so and, true. Yeah. And you, you just build up all of these problems internally and you're not facing them because you can go like distract yourself at karaoke or hanging out with this friend or like, you know, <laughs> on, so on Instagram true. scrolling and you're not facing yourself and you're not dissolving your internal problems. But oh. then I think what happened with the pandemic and why a lot of people are struggling is when you can't go out there and distract yourself, all you have left are, is, are these problems within that have been imploding inside of you for so long. And, and now you have to face them and now you have to dissolve them. And it's frustrating and it's hard. And a lot of people don't want to do that. Like they, they, don't, want, they don't want to push through that, that internal resistance. Um, but when you start doing that, when you start digging yourself up, that's where all the gold is. Like that's where all the treasure is. Like you, your soul, your, your, in your subconscious mind, that's, that's, that's where you find all the meaning in your work. And so when you really do start digging yourself up, you, you, your art just becomes like exponentially more prolific. Your lyrics have so much more meaning. Um, I just noticed without even trying it's people. So true. My music. Oh my God. Yeah. It's so true. I really, yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's just like the raw guttural, like instinctive, um, you know, human feelings come out. It's like, yeah. it's like throwing up emotions and it just comes out. And I feel like, that's a gift in this phase for musicians or anybody that, that wants is watching that, that watching that, you know, is, is trying to use their art as a way to release and not feel like, you know, it has to, like you said, be based on, you know, like how many followers you have or how, you know, how, how, like how many meetings you did or what last deal you did. It doesn't have to do with that. It just has to do with creating art that you love. Right. Because at the end of the day, like, look at how Hideaway happened. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't something that you, you didn't know that that song would change your life. I had no idea. Yeah. I, I literally was in shock when it did. <laughs> and I took time. Like, I really took time. I mean, people think that was an overnight success. It wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it went really big overnight. But I 
I made that video six months before I put it out. I went into the clubs, like nightclubs with US, with tons of USB sticks. And I went up to DJs and was like, it was like giving out vinyl singles. I was just like, I have a song in here. Can you just plug it in and play it? And most people said no. And I'm like, you will regret this one day. <laughs> you know? um, but I, I did all that work. Like I hustled. I took the time. I thought, I really thought, I mean, if there's any song that was really took time and space. Because before, you know, before, before I blew up, I was kind of in a bit of isolation in the sense that I didn't have much money and I was like living in a small place in New York, basically a closet <laughs> and um, working with Rami at the time, like going to his studio, but that was it. Like, <laughs> but I had all this like time to think about what I want, like what the sound would be and experiment, make mistakes. Honestly, like Hideaway was written after I was told that I couldn't sing soulful. And I was like, yeah, right. You know, I jumped on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> but see, but this is, this is so good that you're saying that because I feel like these times really do challenge you to, to, to like almost get better at things or discover that you can do things that you never knew you could do. Yeah. I mean, for even for me, like I just put out, I'm just put, about to put out a really heavy like pop retro album. It's like high energy. But during this pandemic, I was just sitting there alone for three months and I dug up all these demos of like really lyrical, meaningful, almost folk songs. And they're some of my favorite songs. And I was sitting there because I had all this time and space. And I was like, why am I not going to put these songs out to the world? Because these, these have a lot of meaning to me, which means they will have meaning to other people. So I've been putting together a whole other album of like Love stripped that. raw acoustic songs. And it maybe doesn't necessarily make sense, but I actually think it does make tons of sense because that's like my internal expression. So, and yeah. I've had, you know, it was through this isolation that I had, the time to go through that. And, and honestly, I was not, I was not in a good place necessarily. I've, I'm used to being around tons of people, you know, I used to have all of my friends around me and have all that stimulation. Suddenly I'm just alone, me and two dogs and a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Animals you know, have I, Courtney, Courtney says that she wants you to put those songs out. We need them right away, Kaiser. <laughs> they're coming. They're actually definitely, they're definitely, I can play you one on a ukulele. Yes. Well, before you, you want. do that, I wanted to ask um, my dad too. Like, what are, what are your thoughts on all this stuff? Like, what do you, what do you feel about isolation and like any sort of, you know, any kind of advice that you would give to people watching in terms of how what they're dealing with with isolation? Well, uh, you know, it's been you know wonderful to listen to Kaiza and for her to uh, talk a little bit about her personal and professional life journey. And I guess a few things that I would say, just taking off from Kaiza, is, is that what Kaiza shared with us is, is that she's, she suffered trauma. And trauma led to her being isolated from her career and also from her life. And uh, what she also said that I think is important is, is that she came through it like many people can, with resilience and a motivation to go further. And uh, the other thing that she mentioned that I think, two other things that she mentioned that I think are important is, is that she suffered isolation because of a particular trauma that she experienced. But we all in this COVID-19 experience are suffering isolation. And um, I think that it is a time in which people are beginning to realize what it's like to be maybe excluded from the things that they've done before or the associations they've had before and start to feel lonely. And so yeah, that's one, one yeah. of the things that I, the other thing that Kaiser said, I think that is really, I believe is, is that I think music is the number one form that can unite people rather than divide people. 
And so I think you would um, recognize and agree, and I think Kaiser would and your listeners, is just as a, a, an average person, uh, when I hear a song that is deep, deeply affects me, I've yeah. tried listening to a song because it's deeply touched an emotion. And I know that I'm not alone in terms of having that feeling. Oh, and I know also that I've listened to music that makes me feel happy. And I just want to dance. <laughs> I want to dance by myself or I want to dance with others if they're around. And so what music tends to do is it tends to influence our thinking and our feeling and our behavior. And it connects us all with similar kinds of thoughts, feelings, and behaviors like either feeling really, really maybe reflective of the moment the song brings to us or wants us to get up and dance. And yeah. in those moments, I have felt there is a world around me that is feeling, thinking, and behaving the same way as I do. So I, you know, I think those are some things that I was resonating with, with Kaizen. If you just give me a couple more minutes uh, before you get back to some other things, I think it's important for everybody to realize, and I think they do, is, is that you can feel lonely anywhere. And their loneliness relates to social isolation. So social isolation is essentially being absence of social groups, and that can lead to loneliness. And then there's emotional uh, isolation. And emotional isolation is when you can't share your feelings with mm -hmm. others. And this is one of the benefits of doing yep. something that we're doing here in the green right. room. And so I'll just let people know and just I'll finish with these last two comments and then move on to other things we want to talk about. But um, I've, in my history, have experienced isolation. And it drove me to do what I've been doing for the last 30, 40 years. And so just very briefly, what that was, was understanding what it was like to be excluded, not dealt with fairly, and not being respected for my diversity because I belonged to a family whose mother was French Canadian living in a community in which French Canadians were marginalized. And through her whole life, she was isolated. People didn't come to her home. She didn't have friends. She lived her whole life that way. And without going into a, a long story about her, one of the things that was most sore for about her was for her whole life, she didn't have a friend. And oh she lived God. her whole life by herself, even right. though she had her husband, my father, and my uh, uh, sister and myself. But she was isolated because she was French Canadian. She was isolated later because that isolation drove to major depression and being institutionalized for two years while we moved away and lived somewhere else. Then she came back and now she was isolated because she had been institutionalized. And then she was isolated because later she suffered Bell's palsy, which is a disfiguring face disease. And she was known as the elephant man in town. And so she didn't want to go around the neighborhood with me because she was afraid I would be rejected. So all the way through my beginning life, and certainly for her, because the consequences were indirect to me, was is that she lived a total life of social isolation. But here's something that's important. Wow. Is that she lived to 65. Amazingly. And I think it was her resilience that got her through. And I think I inherited a little bit of that. So I'll end with this comment for right now. My whole life has been about trying to address diversity, equity, and inclusion for marginalized groups, whether they be um, of different race and cultures, 
whether they be immigrant children, whether they be First Nations children, whether they be uh, marginalized groups, such as individuals that have disorders, children, youth, and families that are dealing with exceptionalities. And my whole point has been that a major problem outside of those kinds of barriers and marginalizations is loneliness because they're not being seen as part of the group. They're being excluded. They are not uh, being treated fairly. And the recognition of who they are is not being recognized. And so they feel disparate and separated from the major groups rather than belonging. So my last comment back to you guys is this. I think the major unifying force amongst us all, with all that I've said and what even Kaiser said earlier, is we need to recognize how we're more similar than different yeah. and that we need to recognize those differences in which there's distinguishment with regards to those similarities that can be recognized by others for the value that they have. So, uh, so back to you guys. <laughs> I mean, that was really great. That was really, really great. I mean, it is really great. And listen, that's, that's really a lot of what the world is dealing with right now, right? And it's just like, it, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation, but just in terms of the system, right? I mean, in, in terms of, and that's, and that, that is major, that's, that's, that is the movement of Black Lives Matter. It's just like, you know, it not being inclusive and them, you know, I don't know. I, I don't even, it's, 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 it's way beyond that. But I think that ultimately humans are humans, you know, and this is, and that's, that's the bottom line for me. It's just like, we are all human beings and we all feel the same ways. And this is the stuff that like, you're right. It's like, whether it be your version of isolation, Kaiza, in terms of your career and the things, but it's also like, you know, imagine not, we don't even know what it's like to be treated. Imagine like, I don't even, I, again, it's so political to even like talk about it, and especially, you know, for three white people talking about like the Black my, Black Lives Matters parts, like, you know, it's like we couldn't even begin to understand what it's like for somebody that has, you know, the same skills that we do that aren't able to do the same things that we, that are, is way harder for them to accomplish what we can accomplish, but we didn't even know that because we're so privileged. How isolating is that? Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I know and that that's getting off topic, but I mean, it kind of is, obviously it's such a massive thing that's going on within the world right now that like, um, and it's creating that resentment. It's creating that divide, like by having that privilege, like. But, and that's the thing that we need to fix, you know? Exactly. Thing that we need. And by the way, I mean, I've just been, you know, I've been obviously posting on my Instagram. I have a bunch of donation links in my bio as well. So anybody that's watching, please go to my Instagram and donate. Um, because, you know, we can only make small differences, right? But this is part of what I want to do here is make a difference for people. And like, obviously, like mental health is a massive part of it. So, yeah. And I do think, listen, I, I do think that music has the ability to, to help people, though. Honestly, I think music is a massive force of, 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 of help. Like, you know, it's like man, it, it comes down to everything you just said, manifesting, meditating, like these emotions that feel so pure and everybody can relate to that. Yeah. And it brings people together on the same wavelength. Right. Like we all like to be connected and we can all connect through a song together. A hundred percent. People can sing a song together and if they can't sing, if they don't understand the lyrics, they can, they can, they can hear the melody or they can feel the beat. Everyone can dance to the same song, you know? So music, I think, and it, and it travels fast. It travels through the whole world really, really fast. So um, just even getting a message out to the world 
um, music is, I think, the most powerful thing for that. And I'm so honored and grateful to, to have that gift, to be able to give to people. And I definitely don't take it lightly. Like, I, I, I really, um, I see it as a responsibility. What, whatever I say, whatever I do, what I put into the music, I, I'm responsible for it. Obviously not how everybody interprets it in their own way, but I'm, I'm responsible for what I put out. Yeah, I and, mean, um, yeah. And I, I do try to put out things that I think will help people um, and make a difference, for sure. Do you, I mean, it's so interesting that you said it travels across the word, world because that's how music has become the way it's become over the last however many years. It's like, imagine the kind of genres that get mixed, you know what I mean? That before you yeah. even they're doing it. I mean, and that, and, that, and that brings our cultures together. You know what I mean? It's just such a, it's so, and it is so crazy to think that somebody from all the way across the world to us sitting here can like listen to the same song and feel the same ways all at the same time. So I think that in that yeah. I mean, I, I went to Rwanda when I did the gorilla conservation in the middle of like the volcanoes and people knew hideaway. That's like, and, and I don't, and they didn't even own radios, but somehow they knew hideaway. <laughs> and then my mom went to like, like some like small, I mean, it was some small town in Thailand and there was like a hut and hideaway was playing. <laughs> oh. And she's like, I don't even know how it got here. Like, and let alone how these people in this like remote hut in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> got this song but that's that is the power of music i mean that and, is yeah <laughs> and so when you do put out a message that can res resonate with the whole world it will travel <laughs> oh I mean, and hideaway was as a cool connector if you think about like what was going on in the uk at the time was house what was going on in the us at the time was edm hideaway bridged that within the song it was had the edm build and the house beat all in one song so it brought us the us and europe and the uk all together in one place and it united people Oh yeah, and it created a bridge, you know. No, so by mixing genres, by by throwing things together, even you are uniting people by just being creative. And that's why, like in this isolation, I think being creative is one of the most powerful things we can do. In any way, honestly, yeah. Like be creative with your words with your like I mean honestly there's no there's no limit to being creative. And I I just I just like love honestly again like the idea of manifesting meditation. I know I keep going back to that, but I really love that for people, just as an advice to, to people to be able to feel good because I feel like I always, I've been talking to a lot of friends and like, I think the concept of like the secret where people are like, oh, I want this and this and this and like, it's beyond, it's beyond just, you know, saying these things and thinking that you can get them tomorrow. It's yeah. like, um, that Jenga? No, it's these two puppies. Oh my God. Oh, they're, they're like pop dogs. They just came back. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, that's so cute. With friends and there's no, believe it or not. Oh, sorry. No, I was just saying that it's crazy because I feel like what it is is that I think that we as human beings have the power, so much power over our life, even though we don't know it. You know what I mean? I just think that like the the idea of, of a mantra or manifesting from the universe, like not only can we connect to the universe, but we can also connect to other people. And I think and also like something I'd like, yeah, something I'd like to really get across to everyone watching yeah. here is I think people, when, when they feel down and when they feel frustrated and when they feel anxious and don't know what to do and they get into this state of confusion, they, they think there's something wrong with that. Like, and then they think there's something wrong with themselves and that's how they fall into this spiral and this loop of depression. People hate being confused. But one thing that I found was that, um, 
whenever, like, whenever you don't know exactly where you're going, when you're walking into the unknown, all of your radars turn on. Like, it's like driving, for example. If you're driving with a GPS and you have a little map telling you exactly where to go, you're just going to look at your GPS and you're going to follow it. And you're going to miss everything. You're not going to see the people on the streets. You're not going to see the names of the streets around you. You're not going to see anything because you have your GPS. You're focused on one thing. But if, you, if, 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 you're, like, if you're looking for a street sign, but that's all you have and, and you don't know where it is, every, all your senses turn on. You're going to be looking at all the signs. You're going to be looking at all the streets. You're going to be looking at all the people around you. All of a sudden, by being in a state of confusion, by being in a state of the unknown, you're going to be opening up. And actually by being in this state, like this, this isolating state um, that feels negative often, you're actually getting closer and closer to what you want. And so my whole thing is like, just always, like my, one of my biggest uh, quotes that I say to myself is trust the confusion. Wow. And, and don't run away from it and just walk into it and just be receptive, like open up all your little radars and receive. You know, you're put, put out your antennas and just feel your way through this cloud and eventually something's going to lock in and make sense. And once you get there, you just hold on to it, <laughs> you know, and you go for it. Can I add um, something? If you, if you, if you, if you, yeah. Can I add something, Kaiser, yeah. to what you're talking about and Jenna, just for a second? Because I think it's so important what you said, Kaiser. And here's what I took from what you said, um, or at least what I was thinking about, is when people are lonely or they feel isolated, uh, such as what you were talking about a little bit, they sometimes get too much into their heads. And one yes. of the things that they do that I think you were touching on was they tend to be overly self-critical of themselves. Yeah. And so one of the things touching on what you were saying that I think is uh, something to think about and so, for people that are listening and a lot of people that are listening will probably you know, resonate with this because it's probably what they've done, which is, one of the one of the things that we tend to do is criticize ourselves for a not achieving things or being a failure or not achieving or not um, bringing into our lives the success we wanted for whatever reason that is and not fulfilling ourselves and we tend to begin to think of ourselves as not worth it as not really going forward the way we are that are not uh, not being acknowledged for who we are not given a chance and that can lead to anxiety and depression so here's Here's what people need to do and they can do it, which is be self-compassionate. Start yes. thinking about yourself in more positive ways. Stop that inner critic and start saying, wait a minute, not everything that I'm saying to myself is true. I'm great at this. I'm good at that. I really want to move towards this. I can make a change. I can be creative as, as you were saying, uh, guys. And I but think even me, like in isolation, like I had so many days because I was like, I'm in isolation. I'm going to use this. I'm going to just do so many creative things. And then I hit a week where I was like, I can't do anything. Like, I don't want to get out of bed. I feel depressed. And, and I just said to myself, wait, okay, I've done this before. You know, that's okay. Because actually by doing nothing, you are doing something. You're like allowing yourself to just step back. You're allowing yourself to decompress. You're allowing yourself to not think. Yeah, you're think giving about your brain a rest rather than a criticism. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's a rest. You're just giving your brain a rest to do to, to process to to get rid of the junk. You know, it's it's it does a lot when you're not doing anything, yeah. and um, and it's okay to do nothing. I mean, yeah. when you do nothing, you actually prepare yourself to do something. So, Good point.
Wow, that's mm-hmm. actually crazy. Yeah. So let me ask you this. I mean, I know this is a hard question, but like, do you feel like, are you in a way grateful? I mean, I know that sounds weird to say, but do you feel like in a way it's grateful that that happened to you that you, or do you feel? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I still struggle physically with what happened, but I grew as a human being in ways that I never would have had an opportunity. Like I wouldn't have even known it was possible to grow in the ways that I grew. And I'm really grateful for that. Because um, whenever you have to go through a challenging situation, you any and when any door shuts, another door opens, and you right. have and it's like up to you to walk through it. Um, and it's scary. It's scary going through something different. You know, any any sort of change is scary and frustrating. But but I mean, it will open you up in ways that you never knew were possible. And now, like I'm kind of coming back. Um, I'm coming back into my own, and I'm gain, regaining what I lost. Only now I have all this other stuff that I gained by going through this really, really hard time. And it's just made me more whole and it's just added so much substance to who I am. And, and I don't worry if things go wrong anymore, you know, right. and <laughs> I just, I live. Yeah. No, 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 no. Continue. Sorry. Yeah. Continue. I, I it, like coming into the pandemic, I, I, I was prepared. I, I, I knew it, I knew what it felt like to be depressed. So when I hit that, that wall of depression, I, I wasn't scared of it. I just walked through it. I allowed it. I didn't beat myself up. It's so important that you don't beat yourself up because you need all your strength. You need your emotional strength. You need your physical strength, um, mental health, physical health. It's all, it's all, you need it all to get through anything. No, I agree. So so don't attack yourself. You know, if you don't know where to go, just stop, absorb, you know, look around you, like take a minute, breathe get your bearings, you know, find your, your foundation and move forward at whatever pace makes sense. You don't have to move like a bullet. You can take one foot slowly in front of the other. That's what I've been doing. Just one foot in front of the other every day. And sometimes I just stop. And I, this just happened. Like I just, I found I got overwhelmed and then I just stopped and I'm out in the desert chilling (laughs) and you know, I, there's a lot of other things I should be doing, but I, I felt overwhelmed and I just stopped. And wow, that's yeah. I love it. I'm releasing a single. I'm releasing an album at the same time. There's a lot I have to do for that, but at the same time, I have to look after myself. And we always forget about ourselves. That's a really good. We put out. We're putting ourselves into the world, and yet we're not taking care of ourselves at the same time. I just wrote a song about that, which I'm really excited to put out. It's called "People Like Us," and it's just about how how we take on so much pressure and we try to. You know, move forward through our lives, but we forget about ourselves. We so forget true. to take care of ourselves, and it's the most—it's the most important thing. It really you is. You got to put yourself first. It's not selfish to put yourself first. It's actually—it's not self. It's the opposite because when you take care of yourself, you take care of everybody around you. You it's can't—you so can't love each. You're, you can't love the people fully around you if you don't love yourself. So you, you have to love yourself to give love to others, and it—it's it, not selfish at all. No, I agree with you. I mean, it's like, it's like what people say, you can't love somebody until you love yourself, right? Yeah. And it's so true. And I learned that. I learned that the hard way, but I learned it. And really? Yeah. I mean, I mean, mean, for me, like literally I, I, my brain didn't even start healing till I just stopped. So I literally was like, okay, I might never have a music career again. Wow. And that was the hardest thing I had to like say to myself was like, right. I might not ever come back. My That's only cool. job right now is to heal. And that means being looking after myself. And the moment I just let it go, 
I let everything go. I let my life as I knew it go. I let myself as I knew it go. And I just started like every day, what do I need to do today to look after me? And whether it meant, wow. you know, drinking a pot of bone broth or just sleeping all day or going for like a, a walk or whatever, that was my only job because I couldn't do anything. I couldn't give my best work. I couldn't be my best self until I took care of myself, until I healed. And so healing was my job. And the moment I did that, I actually started healing. And before that, I wasn't healing. Like everything moved really fast the moment I started just paying attention to my internal signals and not ignoring them. And then the whole world around me started manifesting according to that. Right. And that's oh, what manifesting exactly. is. Like you take care of yourself and the world will manifest in that image. Exactly. So when you that's feel good, the world around you will look good. And that literally, I mean, that's how you do it. <laughs> if you want to manifest your world, you take care of yourself. It's so true. No, it, I'm so glad you said that. That's so powerful, honestly, because I feel like it's, it's true. Like people, you know, they work their whole lives and they have like, let's say like you're in a marriage or a relationship or, you know, um, you have a best friend that you feel like has been hurting you. You don't know how to like, let it go. I'm just saying like, I'm not saying, you know what I mean? Like some people are like, they, they're just like, we're all creatures of habit. Right. So like, let's say like you just Absolutely. go all the time and you're just like, and you're, you end up being, Oh wait, are you still there? Okay. Good. I'm um, still there. Yeah. So, batteries. so yeah. but, but, you get so used to this, this way. So you don't want to let go to start again. And I like what you said, because at the end of the day, again, I'm just saying that could be isolating too. think about how lonely that is. It's like, you get to yeah. a point where you're like, Oh my God, like, I don't actually enjoy anything about my life or me because I don't respect myself for the fact that I'm allowing myself to feel this pain when I, and I, when I feel like I want other things. Right. And yeah. that's so isolating. So to actually think about like when you were describing it, it made me think of like, like you build this whole Lego house and it's like, it's like you have to be able to punch it down to start. You know what I mean? Like you want yeah. like, to need to be able to start again. You, you know, I, I went to this museum, uh, Mooney Werther. I, there's this guy named Mooney Werther. He's died. He was a wood carver in Ohio. Wow. And, and he's the most amazing wood carver ever. Like okay. he would he carve a train out of wood he wouldn't even see the train in real life. He'd just look at it on like a picture of it maybe. And he'd learn about the whole train and then he'd carve it down to every nail. He'd carve these miniature nails, every piece of the train he carved out of wood. And when they actually like looked at this train that he carved, it was an exact replica of the real one. Like it was to scale, perfect. And he'd take a block of wood and he'd just cut into this wood. And then he'd unfold the wood into a tree. Like it was amazing. That's and crazy. every day of life, he just did a little bit. But, the, but what I learned and what I took away from him, because I went to the museum and it tells all about him. I was walking through looking at his carvings and they showed like there was one imperfect train, which to me looked perfect, but to him it was, was imperfect. And for some reason he didn't throw this one train out. But if he did anything that to him wasn't perfect, he would throw it in the fire. And it didn't matter how much time, it didn't matter if he put a whole year into this train, He'd just be like, oh, I made a mistake. He'd throw it into the fire and he'd start again. <laughs> oh, do you he think was, that's healthy? Do you like that? Do you feel like that's, because that, that's, that's. He that's wasn't stressed. I mean, he wasn't stressed. He was just like, oh, okay. Didn't get it right. Oh. Start again. Which is not a, you know, he was just like, he wasn't attached to his work. You know, and he, wow. I think there's like, I mean, I was like, ah, what did he throw away? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but the result of what he 
got was the most perfect, most perfect carvings I'd ever seen in my life. But you have to be, to, oh, to get to that level of, of, pro, of, of being that prolific, you have no choice but to be okay with throwing away things that aren't right. I mean, I know songwriters, when people, you know this, when people start out songwriting, they write their first song and then they think it's like, that's the song. I know, it's they true. They their song. They're like, I'm like, no, you have to write like a thousand songs before you decide what song it is. So <laughs> because true. I, they, so true. whenever they write, they're like, okay, I got my first song. And you're like, okay, throw it away. It's so funny. Nice one. Exactly. Like, what? No, I can't throw this away. <laughs> like, I put so much into it, but it's like, no, 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 just throw it away. Do another one. And that's like the biggest exercise. I throw away, so I throw away way more songs than I keep. So. Wow. I actually that's love kind of art. No, that's art. And it's also human, right? It's like, yeah. it's like I like, I love that. Cause like, it is true. I mean, it's so cliche to say, but imperfect is perfect. Right. It's like, it is okay not to be okay. Like there, there's a reason these quotes exist, right? Because it is true. And like, yeah. and like you said, I mean, even this time that you've, you know, as much as it, it, it was, it was scary and it was a bummer. Well, more than a bummer, but obviously just like a very life-changing moment to have that happen to you. And obviously be in a place where you potentially were like, wow, I don't know what to do with my life. All these kind of things. Yeah, it's I took, I threw away my life. Oh. I had to sit there and be like, okay, this is my life. This is literally my whole identity. I identify as this person. I took that person and I just threw it away. I threw myself into the fire. I was like, okay, world, I'm open. What am I? Who am I? Where am I going? <laughs> and then I started healing and I got all these signals and then I grew and it was the best thing I ever did. And now I'm just like, okay, you just, I'm, I'm still, I'm constantly throwing, throwing my, what I think of myself away because I it's always changing. I was just going to say, guys, I think that's part of the creative experience. And I think yeah. that are like, I just, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about me as a writer or me as, you know, a scholar. And right. probably I have got, way more uh, articles in filing cabinets that's never been seen by anyone else except me <laughs> than <laughs> those things that I published. So yeah. there is that sense of, of constantly wanting to think of other things and other ways to, to either say or sing things in your case um, that's a little different than what you thought of the day before and right. you're moving forward to even you know, tackle those new thoughts. Yeah. And also when you get something that is amazing, you feel it. Like you feel it oh, in your bones, yeah, you feel yeah. it in your soul. So if you write something and you think like, wow, my lyrics, these are good. My melody is that good. But if you don't feel that feeling in your soul, that means it's not, it's not at that level. <laughs> and I, so it might be close. So, so sometimes I'll just be like, I think this feels really good, but I'm not getting that feeling in my soul. So I'll just put it away and I'll come back to it. I'll try, I'll just redo the lyrics or I'll redo the melody. I've been working on this one song. It's really, really emotional. It's about a topic that was really, really hard for me to, hard for me to write about. It's very personal. I've written, rewritten the song like 10 times because I really thought I had it. I thought I had all the lyrics. I was just like, wow, these lyrics are amazing. But my soul wasn't connecting to it. And so I just kept throwing it away. New verse, new pre-chorus. There was one part I knew I had right, just one part. And I just like, I just finally got it. I've been working on this song for a year <laughs> and I just keep throwing it away. Some songs you write in one second, you know, the whole no, song. So like Hideaway was a nine, it was 90 minutes start to finish. The whole production was done, you know? No, it's so crazy. Oh my God. I just love that you brought that up because I, this is a, such, this is a thing that I feel like 
always comes up in the sense that like it is true like unless you don't you have to like feel it if you feel it in your yeah. head you're like yes but then it's like if you feel like you're just like coasting you're like no I didn't because it's again it's the same way and I always draw the reference to the fact that like if you meet somebody like that you're gonna that you're that you're like interested in dating or like a friend or whatever like if you have that same feeling we're like oh my god I, I relate to this I get it it's the same thing where you're like intuitively like we're connected but if you feel like you meet this person where you can't wait to leave you know what I mean yeah. like you're like oh, like you have no connection so why would somebody yeah, or be you- your song you know what I mean if you're like total like wasted like if you're not connected how the hell are they going to be connected you know yeah it's funny I had this one song too and I experienced this just last night where I haven't played it for anybody because I um I was literally and this relates to my car accident um whenever you go through a really hard time the hardest time that you've been through you think that is the hardest it can get you think that's as bad as it can be because that's your only experience you're frozen are you can you still hear me I? I can hear you okay good Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so your perspective, like from your perspective, this is the worst it can be. And that's what I experienced. I was like, my head hurt everything. I couldn't do anything. This yeah. is as bad as it gets. I have it as bad as it gets. And I really thought like, this just sucks. <laughs> like, why is this happening to me? This is as bad as it gets. And then I, I was in LA and I walked to a grocery store and they had like an outdoor eating place. And there was this man there in a wheelchair and he had these giant fake legs in his lap. He was really struggling. Like he didn't know what to do with them. And I could see his legs were missing. And I, was, I just went up and I was like, do you want some help? And he was just like, no, 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 I got this. I ended up sitting at a table and eating. And then we ended up starting to talk. And he was just like, I was just in a car crash and I just lost my legs. And I don't know how to walk on fake legs. And I'm just figuring it out. And then I, I realized in this moment that he has it way worse than me. Right. I thought I had it as bad as it gets, but here's a man who went through a similar experience, only he lost both of his legs and he's never getting them back. Never. And and I was just, it hit me so hard. And I walked home and I just started bawling my eyes out because I was like, wow, I'm so lucky. Like (laughs) I am getting everything back and it's taking me years to get it back, but I'm still getting myself back. And yet here's a guy who's, no matter what he's doing, he's never getting his legs back. And I went home and I wrote a song and I never played it for anyone, but I was so, I was feeling so connected. I, like I had this whole epiphany and I just wrote a song. And for some reason I felt like, well, oh, I don't know if I should play this for anyone. And then last night I was just sitting with, a, with some friends who have been quarantining without here. And they're like, play something on the ukulele. And I had written that on the ukulele and I just didn't know what to play. And I was like, well, I have this song and <laughs> I felt really nervous to play it. And then I played it for them. And like one of the, one of them just started crying in the same way that I cried when I wrote it and I realized she feels what I felt because that's exactly what I felt as I wrote it I put that feeling into these songs that's the feeling in the lyrics and I was so connected to my body and my soul when I wrote it that the song holds that feeling and and I was like oh I I should share this song actually I need to share this song because this song connects so it's crazy. No, I mean, I love, oh, man, that's just so, it's so crazy. Again, and, and it goes back to what's going on in the world right now. Is like, and I think yeah. for me, I think that's like the deepest thing that I'm feeling is just like, wow, like we need to fucking wake up and look around yeah. and think about how lucky we are. Because honestly, we're sitting here and we are extraordinary lucky, yeah. extraordinarily lucky. Like, and it's just to think 
you have to think of like this, how many people have it much worse than you have. And you know what? You need to put actions to that. You can't just say that and, 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 and go about your life and still be able to like live your life. That, like how about help somebody else out? You know what I mean? And, yeah. and that's the part that's selfish, right? Like I do think you have to, yeah. think but at the same time, like I will say like, you don't know that you have it lucky until you have feedback from the world until you, you have to literally right. venture into the unknown to even know that you're, that you have it good. Yeah. Because, if, exactly. because you, because you only like, you only know what you have and that's just normal. Like if, I never knew what a headache was till I got the worst headache in the world. And I felt bad for ever thinking headaches, Like people were, I used to think people were like kind of being, you know, hypochondriacs when they had a migraine because I'd never <laughs> felt one. And then I felt, I felt so guilty. So it's like a holy cow. But at the same time, it's like, if people just have to be willing to step into the unknown, if, if only to gain feedback for themselves. To I agree. Grow. I feel like that too. No, you're, that's a, you need to educate. You know, you can't be afraid to educate yourself, right? I mean, at the end of the day, that's all you can do. And you should just be, try, to, try to be aware of something more outside of your bubble. I think that it's good. I mean, this is exercising our abilities to be able to look outside of what is our life that we just know. I think we can only do as much as, you know, we can make baby steps, but I think these things are important. And I think they're wake up calls is what I'm saying. Yeah. Even with this whole thing going on with Black Life Matters, like being a white person, like going through it and trying my very best because I mean, yeah. the music industry, it's, I mean, it's very balanced with cultural, like we, we work with people of all colors. We really, for me, I can't even conceive, I can't even conceive of feeling that way, you know? But yet here I am in society, definitely white and privileged and, um, and I'm trying to put out, do what I can and it's confusing. And I have a lot of people around me, other white people being like, I'm trying, like I say this and I'm, people are getting mad at me. And then I say this and people are getting mad at me. I say this and people are getting mad at me. And they almost wanted to just walk away from it. And I, I was just like, you're getting this feedback because it's just new information. Exactly. And, exactly. Yeah, it's just new information. And don't, like, don't be afraid of running into your own ignorance because that's the only way we're going to move forward. Mm -hmm. That's the only way that we're going to even see our own privilege is by running into our own ignorance and getting the feedback. And, and maybe these people are right, maybe these people are wrong, and it's like opening up that conversation. But don't be afraid of walking into your own mistakes. Don't be afraid of tripping and stepping back and picking yourself up and then trying again. That's because eventually you'll get it right, you know? We don't, like, how, how do we end racism? Like, that's not one answer. We have to try and then fail and then try and then fail and then listen and then try and then fail, you know? It's like, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a moving target, <laughs> so. And that was my message to a lot of like my white friends who were really like struggling because they want to help and it's it, they don't see their own privilege because they've they've had it their whole life it's they, they've never known anything but right. but that right. so right. it's just the only way to see it is to venture into the unknown and bump in bump into your own mistakes or bump into your own ignorance and then just you know just take a look at it and decompress and <laughs> be like wow okay I was, I was ignorant. Now I'm going to dissolve this and I'm going to step forward. That's actually and, crazy. That'd be a crazy song, by the way. I was just thinking, yeah, well, let's write it. Let's write it. I was just like bumping into your own, bumping into ignorance like that. Oh my God. What a, what a, what a powerful message that is. Are you kidding? Like we have to, I would love let's to write it. We'll write that and then we'll I, 
Swing it on live stream. <laughs> no, I know. Seriously. Like, I feel like that would be, it's just so, when you were talking, I'm like, wow. Like, and honestly, this is kind of one of the reasons I wanted to start this, um, the green room, because I feel like this is also like, this is how you start songs. Like, you know, that feeling yeah. we were talking about, like when you said that I got that feeling and like, that's where, right, right. And that's what a writing session is. And like, you know, I know from my dad's, dad's experience of being like a psychologist, we've talked about this before. It's like that feeling where a writer, that kind of, it's just like, it, it comes in conversation where you're like yeah. talking and then you'll be talking, talking, and then you'll say something. You're like, that's it. It's not like yeah. as simple as like, okay, we're writing a song. Let's just write something that seems like, like let's yeah. write a, because you know, when you're starting out as a songwriter, it's like, oh, let's write a, like a song that we think, like, what do you think would be this? You're like, no, it's, write it about your, like, no. It's, it's like not- need versus want. Like you, 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 when you start, you go, you kind of like enter the songwriting industry with a fear-based approach. Like I need to succeed. Right. I think I, I, th- I need to, I need to write something that somebody will like. I need to write something that will make me successful. I need to write something that will give me a publishing deal. So like start writing what you think other people want you to write. Right. And what you, and you write what you think you need to write, which is really the opposite. You're supposed to write what you want to write, which is really giving people what they need. <laughs> so um, you learn that and, and, and you go into these writing sessions and I literally my writing sessions are just like, go, meet up, hang out, have a meal, go for a walk. Who knows? Oh, my battery's running out. I'm going to have to plug this in oh, soon. It's okay. We're, we're, um, actually, we're almost in an hour anyway. So yeah, I was say, like, but, you know, this the is best great. writing sessions have the least writing. You just go, you interact, <laughs> you talk, you get to know each other. Right. And then eventually a feeling happens. You're all connect collectively. You're like, you feel the feeling and then you just, you, you connect and it all comes out and the song's done in half an hour. I'm actually going to write this down, bump, bumping into ignorance. I, 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 we know I'm, I'm serious. We're writing this. Um, no, well, don't no, be afraid to run into your own ignorance. Oh, how, how powerful is that? Oh my God. I, well, I was going to say, Jenna and Kaiser, that, uh, I love what you just said, Kaiser, because it, another way of how I, you know, on the work that I do, the words that I use are a little different, but they mean the same, which is, you know, to understand people and to help people and to be supportive of people, uh, you need to be able to understand their perceptions. And yeah. perceptions, perceptions are how you make sense of the world. And so yeah. we all run our life based on how we see the world. And yeah. what we need to do is underst- take, you know, work at understanding the perceptions of others. Yes. Uh, because as you've heard many times as being you know, uh, citizens of the world, and primarily probably because of being females, is is that you've faced many times in which people do things and say things to you. Their intentions might be good, but your perceptions is that it's not so good. (laughs) And so you sit back and you go, oh my God, what is this person saying or doing to me? But it's because (laughs) they perceived you in a different way than you intended them or the vice versa. So it really is about trying to come in terms with how you perceive the world, understand it, and work towards how other people understand the world, i.e. perceive it. And also being, being like open when people maybe yeah. don't quite get it. Like, exactly. like yeah. instead of attacking them for not understanding, like exactly. holding out your hand and just like sh- showing them the way. Yeah. I think or, a lot of people are like, you don't got it right. Like, blah, blah, blah. And, and they, <laughs> they scare these people and they run away. But really, you just uh, adapting to each other's pace is important yeah. and just helping each other through it and understand that you've, you know, nobody sees the world the same way. Nobody is all right. Nobody is all wrong. And we all hold some 
some little nugget of truth in, in our perception. And we are all missing a bunch of things. So in my world, Kaiser, uh, what I think uh, psychologists learn, they should learn, is what's yeah. called empathic communication. And what you've just mm. discussed is empathic communication. As you know, it's getting into the shoes of others. But right. you know what? Yeah. Most of our conversations are autobiographies. We talk yeah. to people and listen to them a little bit and just right. wait when we can come in and tell our story. And so yeah. have them listen to our story. And we tend to not pay attention to really who they are, what they're about. We tend to judge and criticize yeah. and analyze right. and tell them what to do. But if you're empathic in your communications, what you're doing is you're showing the other person that you're willing and wanting to understand where they are coming from. So you can connect. Yeah, yeah. And this is the beauty of this pandemic is like, it's put us in a position where we, we're, we're kind of forced to listen because we right. don't have all these people around us to just download all of our autobiographies into them. Like, hey, yeah. you, here's me. No, it's like, yeah. there's nobody. So I have, to, I have to just sit here and like receive. And I think the world is going to be opening up and become more receptive, which I'm excited about. And it's weird because it's like we're used to just throwing our, our, all of our information out of us and instead of catching it. <laughs> so we're kind of learning how to catch right now. It's like, it's like playing baseball. You know, it's, you got to learn how to catch. And I think we're doing that. We're like, ah, ah yeah. the ball's coming, ah, you know. But then you're like, wait, I'm getting good at this. <laughs> the more One that we do it. I was going to say because I'm sure probably is getting close to uh, I'm here uh, still. Checking out of the session, but one of the things I've noticed all the way through this session, and I because I know you both, uh, it's not a new thing to you, but it, uh, just to have others recognize, which I'm sure that they'll recognize as well by either knowing you or just seeing you today, both of you and Jenna, is um, humor. If we yeah. can, if we can uh, see the humor within us, and catch the humor outside of us, you know you're on more mental health than yep. mental illness if yeah you, if i believe you've that got your humor and you and you know it yourself and others can see it then you're on your way to either coping or really being in a good mental health state and if you're not that's a sign where you yep. need support from others and uh, maybe even more support than just a few others to yep. get you back into that balanced state of mind that brings yep. you back into that humor and that sense well, of humor life. like yeah whenever we feel blocked or anything humor instantly just opens us up it it's just so true unblocks us. it's just yeah. it's, oh the, it's the ultimate unblocker yeah so i love it because you know how like when you're like so sad or you get the worst news and then you laugh like i know that sounds yeah. crazy, but like it's like people are like that why are you laughing it's not funny it's like you just you're blocked yeah and so you you laugh to unblock yourself exactly. wow yeah. it's crazy it gives me goosebumps how much how connected <laughs> as humans yeah that's what laughter is it's a it's it's just opening up it's opening up something inside of yourself that's stuck and that's why you laugh at a funeral or you laugh in awkward situations is because this situation has created a block internally and that's our survival mechanism to open ourselves up and to unblock ourselves it's actually really healthy to laugh at a funeral you know yeah well i you know one of the things i've said in my clinical practice over the years when parents wait for me to maybe talk to their child or their youth about yeah. things that they're going through. Whenever I see the humor in that child or youth, I go out to the parent and say, we're okay. <laughs> yeah. No, that's No, I got I, honestly, too. I wrote down like one thing before we head off, like when you said um, adapting to each other's pace, like I feel like that's another, I just, I wrote, I wrote that down because I think that's so powerful. Are you kidding me? I could just, I was just like, oh, the imagery of that too, like, 
just like thinking of it, like people just on all those people riding, right? Like those, all those images of people imagine that, like, like just seeing people's like literal, like when you look at the metaphor of just people's pace, like think about that in terms of like what that actually means. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you can't expect. We're all all on different paths. We're all driving at different speeds, but we're all kind of, we're also on the same path. Exactly. (laughs) And 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 we have to, we have to just kind of, uh, we have to sort of meet, each other you know as we're driving by we kind of just have to <laughs> yeah, there's only these little windows of connectivity that we get every day with people and then we pass okay. them and just because you know? somebody can like walk a little faster or run a little faster doesn't make them any better or worse right and that's really the yeah. truth and that's why it, the mental metaphor like made a lot of sense because it's like you know it's it, it at the end of the day like we have to just be more open in in the sense and, and let and, and to learning like you guys said and i feel like in that sense like, I think that that's where the healing will come ultimately. And it won't be tomorrow, but it's going to be eventual if people actually do start doing those things, right? Those are yeah. the things we need to And that, that's a really good point. Like, for me, I had to just understand that every day was not, I'm, I wasn't going to get my target. I didn't know where, right. I didn't know where I was, my, I was never going to arrive any day. And I still haven't arrived yet. By the but way, I knew as long as I Forever, but at never least arrive. change. Like, you never arrive. Yeah. Like, but that's the point. But you can make change, though. I think that yeah. the point is, is like, like, like even I'll give an example, like really quick. I know we, we could go on forever, but um, like, well, we'll have to do this again. <laughs> like there's, there's like a clothing brand that, that was like, re- like pretty, like very racist and like was, was like publicly disgusting on something that they said. And I was like, it was one of, it was one of my favorite clothing brands. And I'm just like, I will never shop from them again. Ever. Oh, I know. I know. I know that. Oh, right. Exactly. You know, and yeah. the thing is, is that, oh no, I mean, you love them too. And it's crazy. Yeah. Because, but like the thing is, is like that's what it means to activate change, though. Because you ha- you can't say, oh, I'm really mad at them, but I'm still gonna shop from them. You have to be like, you know what? I'm not gonna shop from them. I'm not gonna benefit off the system because you know what? Yeah. Like this is making change, and I believe that's the yeah. sacrifice. It's like I like their clothing, but you know what? Not enough to be a part of it. So fuck them. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that's that's, and I think that's just one example of just learning. You know what I mean? And educating yeah. our and trying to make little steps towards and sacrificing. You yeah. have to sacrifice to change. You have to sacrifice. Oh, guys, I love, I, mean, I love this. I know. I'm moving well, we, can just we can, we can, we, we're, we're logging off. I mean, we've been an hour anyway. Uh, this has been great. Courtney, Courtney, Courtney's so sweet. She said that she's like, she, uh, can you hear me, Kaza? I can hear you, yeah. Um, Courtney well, said that uh, she's like, she appreciates your honesty and then she really likes you also, Dad. Oh. It's good. Thank you, Courtney. Dad, let me just plug in. I'm in a house now. Okay. People, but this has been like amazing, guys. No, this has been so great. I'm so, so happy that you guys could be doing this. And again, I'm going to post um, a couple days. I'll put this on my YouTube at the Jenna Andrews. And if you want to cut as well, I'll send you the link if you want. If you oh, like. great. Yeah, I can post this on my, my YouTube as well. And um, if, you, if you wouldn't mind also like putting the donation links on your on your YouTube because I've just been linking all the donation links there and obviously if people are generous to to donate that would be amazing because that's really what this is about so to help other people and obviously this is what we've been talking about so well it's been great to be with you Jenna and Kaiser okay you too thank you Jack this has been awesome we'll have to do it again yes let's do it again okay all right we'll take care bye guys Thanks for tuning in to episode four of The Green Room Talks. And thank you, Kaiza, for sharing your personal journey with isolation and my dad, Jack, for the great insight. 
And once again, I'll let everyone know that you can check us out on YouTube at the Jenna Andrews, Instagram and Facebook at the Green Room Talks, and Twitter at underscore Green Room Talks. All right, I'll just repeat myself again. Till next time.